So, are you curious? Welcome to the Curiosity Codex. I am your ardent enthusiast, Kyle Olson, and with me is my hapless cohort, Rob Cabosco. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, we're back. Uh, now we're going to see what the show proper is. We're going to kick some tires and light some fires and uh, see what we can do. Oh. So uh, before we open the book to our next chapter, uh, I wanted to take a moment to thank everybody who took the time to listen to the pilot episode, which was about Jack Snyder's Justice League and the road that sort of led up to it. Like most pilot episodes, it was overlong, it was full of threads that never went anywhere, and barely representative of where the show will go. So I feel like we're in pretty good company there. What I'm trying to do here in the Codex is make some of the odd fascinations of modern pop culture more accessible to those who haven't been drinking it in their whole lives. I'm not an expert in anything, really. I'm a dilettante, uh, with all the positive and negative connotations that implies. So. Nothing in the show is meant to be final or definitive or complete. I am skimming the surfaces of much, much deeper waters, and I'm hoping to inspire you to explore on your own interest levels. This show isn't a dissertation. It's my caffeine-fueled rant at a Denny's at 2 a.m. I'm not trying to convince you that something is either good or bad, worthy of your attention or not worthy of it. There's plenty of hot takes out there on the internet, and I'm not interested in being those. Uh, I want to give you handholds to scale the edifices of accumulated lore, uh, because it's going to take both a phaser and a batleth to carve into this one, because we're cracking the book on the final frontier. Uh, this is the first of a five-part series entitled Trek Across the Stars. And I know this can seem daunting. The show has been running for 54 years. There's been 10 television series, 13 movies, not to mention all the video games and the books and, and all these things. Then the number that came out at the start of this year was that there had been 800 different Star Trek adventures. So I, I know, like, it, it seems like it's just impossible to get into. You think anime is hard to get into? It's got nothing on Star Trek. But this is why I wanted to do this show in particular, and also why it's going to take multiple episodes, because Star Trek is not a one-size-fits-all sort of thing. And so you're going to see, as we talk about it, I'm going to try and make it as accessible as possible, because it really is not as daunting as it seems. So Rob, before we get too far into the lore, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your feelings and experiences with Star Trek? Oh, okay. So oh, that's a perfect introductory question. By the way, here's the deal. If I had to explain what you just said, yes, this show is a is the celebration of exuberant fandom. That's it. Ooh, <laughs> yes. There we go. I would agree with that. There we well. go. So that's a much yeah, you see, I was listening. It's all good. Um, okay, so I was thinking back, like, Star Trek for me. Now, obviously, I wasn't alive when the original series was on, but I, I certainly grew up yeah. with, you know, as, as things started to to grow, which would lead to the sort of uh, reinvention of Star Trek with the motion picture in 79, I think. I can remember my, my first memory of Star Trek is having that ridiculous uh, light-up helmet toy. Right. Because I think I was big into like Star Wars and my parents were like, well, let's get your space toy. Oh, yeah. This Star Trek thing will be great. And I had that. And I had the phaser with the flashlight with the little discs that you could fly the Enterprise around your walls and stuff. So, you know, I just I knew Star Trek was there and I knew I knew it was, you know, had to deal with space and stuff. But obviously the thing that really the, my big fandom began with Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. Oh, wow. OK. Like that was I can remember I can remember later on. When that was on video to VHS, I can remember watching that repeatedly with my brother. 
And from there, just, yes, was have, have been interested in it, loved it, really fell hard for Next Generation in college. Oh, uh, yeah. And then from there, it was just, yeah, saw the movies, everything. Yeah. The rest is history. Yeah, for me, I had seen the movies because in the 80s, there weren't a lot of sci-fi things out there. So kind of you, if you were a sci-fi fan, you kind of had to watch the Star Trek movies because Star Wars only did three movies. And that was right. it. Like Star Trek, every right. couple of years, another one would come out. So even if they were bad, they were something that we got to see. Uh, so, I, yeah, I was aware that Star Trek was a thing, and I, and I saw the movies, but I was never really a Star Trek fan. I was just sort of, I mean, Star Wars was obviously my jam, but uh, Star Trek was just another thing. Until Next Generation came around, and then suddenly it was new Star Trek for us, like for, for that age group. So yeah, same kind of thing. I was in high school and college right around the time it came out. And so I started watching it uh, on a regular basis. And then by the time I got to the end, I, I wouldn't miss an episode. Like I was, sure. it was appointment television for me. Oh, absolutely. Like I had to see the next episode right away. And I, and I found friends who also watched it. And they're like, you know, we got to the point where we would even have like viewing parties when there's going to be season premieres or season finales like when there's yes. a big time I, uh, my friend Jason even figured out where the prop master had bought Picard's coffee cups that he also oh, drank that thing and, awesome. and and like and found it and bought them so, I mean like they were just like regular ones but they looked very sci-fi and so so we would have like our tea Earl Grey <laughs> your Earl Grey tea yeah exactly. as we were uh, as we were watching it too so yeah and, and then so then I've, I pretty much watched everything that's that's come out um, I haven't seen every single episode of every single show I will admit that here at the top before we get too far into Star Trek I have not seen every single Star Trek thing or read every Star Trek novel like I like I said I I like what I like and uh, I, I know when I'm gonna be bored in something so I, I, I tune out so there are several uh, series that I have not you know, I've I've seen probably, I've seen probably most of uh, almost everything, but not everything. And and that really not at the point here because we're not here to like necessarily celebrate Star Trek or, or or review it or any of that stuff. What what I want to do here in these these episodes is provide a way in for people who have never gotten into Star Trek at all. I, I want to like show you sort of why I think that it's important and, and interesting, uh, and and then give you a, like signposts along the way so that you can uh, go into it without being completely overwhelmed by the, the vast amount of material out there, because there is a lot of it. Uh, so over these course episodes, I'm going to do it. So I'll get into the specifics of like how I'm going to do it uh, as we go on to it, but that's the goal of this one, is, is not to tell you Star Trek is awesome and here's why. There's plenty of shows for that. There's some great, great Star Trek podcasts out there who are done by really dedicated, hardcore fans, and God bless them for it. Uh, you know, uh, may the great bird of the galaxy provide shelter for all of them as they move forward. <laughs> um, but so that's not what I'm doing here. I'm trying to like talk to the people who are curious about Star Trek, but don't know where to start. Uh, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. So... I guess, what's the big deal? Why does it matter? Why is Star Trek still a thing? Uh, and I guess, for me, what makes Star Trek different from other future sci-fi shows is that it's aspirational. So, what does that mean? Well, there's a lot of dark takes on the future. So we've got, you know, Blade Runner, where the corporations have taken over. We have Matrix and and Terminator, where the robots have taken over. There's There's all these really harsh, awful versions of it. But Star Trek isn't that way. Star Trek says, if we work together, we can do something amazing. And it, sh it shows human beings, because it's, it's about us, because it's, it's our history, it's our everything that has ever happened in history 
is part of Star Trek with some slight differences because there's time travel involved every once in a while. <laughs> so sure. history has, has been altered a little bit by uh, people inadvertently coming back in time. Um, but it's mostly the same thing. So all the the merits and flaws of history are, are part of Star Trek history. But it says that when things are at their worst, people pulling together can do something amazing. So the thing that's cool about Star Trek is it says together we're better. So in the future of Star Trek, after all these, these terrible things, and we're getting into specific lore and stuff too. I'm, this is just broad overstrokes I want to talk about. The, the rough thing is, is that after World War III and after what the, a, a, a terrible, terrible war that destroyed um, like more than half of humanity, everything got, got really bad. But then a, a, some events happened that caused people to come together and they, instead of going back to the same things where, or, or territorialism or tribalism, they said, what if we just pooled all of our resources and helped each other? What if we eliminated hunger? What if we eliminated the need for, for shelter, that everybody had enough to eat, everybody had a place to stay, no, eliminated money? What if there is no one had power over anyone else, that it was all uniform? And it was all these things where once everyone had what they needed to survive and get through, suddenly all the conflicts went away because no one was hoarding anything. No one was stopping anything. There was the, the ideologies, borders, race issues, they all sort of faded away because the humanity became one people and then they looked to the stars and went, well, we need to see what's out there. So the central premise of Star Trek is that humanity has fixed its shit essentially like they, they like <laughs> not that humans are, are perfect now but all the no conflicts way. in star trek are out there 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 things that are happening out there is it's 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 still aggressive things or alien races or weird machines or that kind of stuff the problem isn't people fighting with each other so the crews are sort of harmonious but the conflicts are things that they discover as they're trying to help people out in the universe. And that's different than pretty much everything out there. Star Trek was sort of the first one to do this, and that is what I think really responded with people and what I respond to when I watch it. And so the best Star Trek are those that way, when it's a crew of people working together, even if they fight, even if they argue, even if they don't agree on how everything works, it's not, it's not like everybody is just completely in lockstep. But it's never personal in there they're never at each other's throats uh you know and then and then maybe they'll save someone but right now they're too busy trying to kill each other it's that's never a star trek thing so is that i mean i'm not speaking for you but like has is that what you sort of have responded to in star trek yeah i think for me and i know a lot of people have talked about this you know uh, kind of that comparison and i, and I know this has almost become a cliche mm-hmm the comparison between Star Wars and Star Trek is the comparison yeah. between faith and reason. That's actually right? the, the, the very next thing I'm going to talk about. Is the, is the oh, okay. So there we go. I mean, like, no, and, segue. <laughs> and I and I totally and, and, and no, and I and, and all of that, I totally agree. I, I think, you know, when you understand the history of Star Trek, uh, the, the vision of what it was at the time that it came out and what it was trying to say and do, it really it still resonates today because of that hopefulness. Like that there is hope even in the strife and the and the current times and the wars and and disagreements and all the stuff stuff we're dealing with today. Yeah. You have that, you know we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. And the idea that I love the way you say that, you know, boom, once once we've settled it here, well, yeah, we looked at the stars because there's a there's there's a whole universe, right, to to figure out. And I think one of the neat things about Star Trek in that in that respect has been 
it's not about, I know sometimes we joke about like, oh, you know, like if we go to other, you know, like, you know, the sociopolitical uh, arguments that we have in the world today, don't bring your problems here, right? It's not like we went out there, like in, in the Star Trek universe to bring, to, to mess up the universe. Mm-hmm. No, we've, we really have taken, it is, it is the true story of trying to learn from your history. Mm-hmm. That is, I think, one of the great aspects of, of of Star Trek is we really are trying never to forget. Yeah. Actually take those lessons and convey them to the rest of the universe. Uh, yeah, that's timeless. That we should all be aspiring to that. There is no better word to that. It is absolutely aspirational. Yeah. Great. So, the, obviously, the big question is Star Wars versus Star Trek. So, <laughs> we're going to get that a little bit. So... Uh, because the big question is, why am I doing this in five parts? Uh, and and this is this is exactly why. Well, I guess the main reason is is so we don't have another two hour show. Like I'm not going to do that again. Like that was that was a marathon right. both for us and for you. And I'm not going to do that. So we're gonna we're gonna break this down into smaller things. But also, this is the question of what makes Trek different than other big pop culture franchises, and the biggest one being Star Wars. So let me use a, a really, really bad analogy. This came to mind, and I have not thought of a better one. So Star Wars is steak. It's like it, it's you, you can. There's a lot of different things you can do with steak. You can. There's different cuts. There's different ways to grilling. There's there's marinades. There's sauces. There's but at the end of the day, it's still steak. It's it's good steak, but it's still steak. So I apologize to all the vegetarians and vegans out there, but you know, substitute your your favorite tofu escape. Beyond meat, yeah, whatever, exactly. impossible burger, sure. But Star Trek is a boutique restaurant. So oh. when you go in, you might not like every dish, but there's a bunch of different things on the menu. Now they're all coming from the same kitchen, so they're all gonna have a similar sort of style and other thing, but there are different things you can get. So I'm not saying that Star Trek is jack in the box who seems to want to cover every single thing. I'm, I'm sorry for the people who are uh, on the East Coast who have no idea what I'm talking about, but <laughs> Jack Parties. Is a, is a, Parties. Is a, yeah, yeah, is a chain restaurant who tries to have everything, like uh, yeah. burgers, tacos, uh, whatever. We'll, sure. If you, if you buy it, we'll sell it. Um, yeah. It has a, a bunch of different options. Uh, that it is. So that's why I'm doing multiple episodes of this, is because not all Star Trek is will fit you. So, uh, and even those of us who are big Star Trek fans have our preferences. We have things we like a lot and things we don't like as much. Now, we keep going to the restaurant because we like what we've had in the past. Right. But a lot of times we'll just order the same stuff off the menu by rewatching the same episodes that we like again. Now, it's like, oh, we have a brand new menu item. And you try it and go, hmm, no, I think I'll stick with uh, my, my favorite. You know, I like number seven. I'll just kind of keep my number seven. No, now see, and I, and I, and look at I think that's valid because. If you go to the core of the story, and and again, this is it's a it's kind of a ridiculous uh, you know comparison because you're talking about Star Wars. Yes, Star Wars. Now today, we have all this multitude of of content, right? Yes. Same thing with Star Trek. But if you just pare it down, Star Wars is 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 now and forever will always be about one thing: the struggle between light and dark. Yeah, that's it. It's it is nothing more than that. <laughs> That is all it's and, about. And they found a multitude of ways to tell that story. But it's yes, still the same of story. course, it's this. And and that, and actually, I like that's why I think that analogy works, because, yeah, steak. I mean, it's steak, right? <laughs> it's, it's, that's it. Right. OK, no, Star Trek. 
Wow, when you look at what they've done mm-hmm. in terms of series, and you know, I, and I'm, we'll talk about this. You yes. know, we're kind of like in our third age now of Star Trek, like right. the, it's it's third generation. You're seeing just this incredible complexity of you're dealing with species, you're dealing with relationships, you're dealing with sides, you're dealing with technology, yeah. you're dealing with with you know stimuli, you're dealing with the universe. No, there's so many different things doing it. And what I think that is really kind of neat to see, which you're just now starting to see in the Star Wars universe, is the the creator, the the you know the 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 obviously the production companies are finally starting to say, okay, we're going to do this, and it's only going to focus on this. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, wow, these little layers of that. It's exciting to see it in the Star Wars universe finally happening. Right. But okay, but Star Trek, man, it's yeah, been, been pretty doing, rich. They've been doing it for a lot longer and yeah. they they've tried a lot more stuff than Star Star Wars is is coming to this late. Like yes, were, absolutely. Uh, and sure. So, I mean, they're they're doing great stuff, but I think a lot of people will uh, you know look at who they picked to do the reboot, uh, I mean to do the the brand new thing. They picked the guy who they had also picked to do the Star Trek reboot. Let's not forget, yeah. J.J. Abrams yeah. did Star Trek first. Yes. Before they brought yes. him over to Star Wars, and that's not an accident. No, no, absolutely so, not. I'm not going to get into which is better. Like I said, oh, yeah. they're, they're different things, no. but that's the point. So I hope you like that metaphor because I'm going to be doing it for the next five episodes. So <laughs> starting now, because menu item number one, watch your head in the captain's cabin. From 2001. It's Enterprise. That sudden intake of breath you heard was all the hardcore Trekkies gasping. Yes, I'm saying the most accessible of all the Star Trek series for someone who's never watched Star Trek before is 2001's Enterprise. Oh, wow. Yeah. You Okay, once you set it up, and when you first set it, I was like, are you serious? Yeah. Oh. So 2001 was a strange time in American culture. And it was a strange time in Trek culture as well. So we had, they had already had three successful television series. Four, actually, at that point. They had had four successful television series, but numbers had started to go down. So we don't, you don't need to get into specific. We'll, we'll talk about all the other shows there. But let's say they had, they had done a couple things and the numbers had grown. But um, they wanted to do something different. So they decided to set this new show before any of the other shows. So at the time, this was the earliest that had ever been. So anyone who wanted to sit down and watch it didn't need to know anything about Star Trek because it was coming from a place where none of the stuff had ever happened. So right. the movies hadn't happened, the television series hadn't happened, all this was all that was in future stuff. So it also is a great place for us to start because you don't need to know anything going into it. You just need to sit down and do it. Now, I, I will grant there is some nods and homages and, and that kind of stuff. And there's a whole temporal Cold War thing that's going on through the first couple seasons. But even they realized that was kind of a dumb idea at some point, and it just quietly gets you know taken care of. So don't get too wrapped up in that when, when you hear about that. Because uh, this is really a, a pretty bare bones in terms of sci-fi. Like, it is people in a spaceship going in space, and there are aliens. Yes, you have to accept that. But their ship is really not that, uh, that fancy. Uh, it's pretty much like a submarine in space. Yeah, like submarine. Absolutely. All the the fancy stuff they had, like they they have communicators, but we have cell phones. I mean, they do the same thing. They have they have you know phasers, but uh, we've got tasers. I mean, like it's it's really not that much different than what we have. They they still have to get their food you know packed away and cooked. There's no they get to have they have to go on a shuttle in order to go onto a planet. There's 
uh, there's no uh, futuristic 3D sci-fi video game rooms. Like it's just like you you bring a book. Like uh, maybe hopefully they still have Kindles in that point, so they could just uh, bring the stuff with them. But let's let's talk about fake history. Like we were talking about before. So so what do you need to know? Like what has happened to the world from here, us now in, in 2021, up until when the show launches. It, everything that has happened in history is a part of Star Trek history. So you don't have to worry about like, oh, Genghis Khan actually, you know, ruled Europe. No, no, it's everything is the same. So then uh, like we talked about uh, earlier on, World War III happens. And then after World War III comes what's called the post-atomic horror. Now they have never really gone too deep into what that was, but let's just say things were really, really bad. Because by the time they come out of it, everyone is basically living in tribes. So, like, the, you, there's no countries anymore. There's no any of that stuff. It's basically just people banding together to survive uh, and find what they can. So, after the planet has sort of allowed life. So, I think there was, there was probably, like, a Mad Maxi kind of time in Star Trek history, but they don't really ever talk about that. So everyone is sort of scattered around. There's, there's very little technology. There's just the old stuff that people have sort of cobbled together. But then a guy came along with a grand scientific idea, and he decided he had figured out how you could do faster than life light travel, like basically something beyond just using solid propellant or anything to get around. And his name was Zephyrin Cochran. So Zephyrin Cochran developed what's called warp drive, a, a faster light thing. I'm not going to get too deep in the sci-fi stuff. That stuff is out there. You can find it. Uh, but let's just say that it allowed space to warp around something in this field and go faster than light. So he, through various imaginations, and, and there are, there's, there was, <laughs> people came back in time and, and, and witnessed this, but let's just say for, 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 to keep things as simple as we can in this, in this complex, complex universe, he designed the ship, got it up there, and basically just uh, took a cruise around the solar system, just like uh, took his ship out uh, and, and at warp, he sort of went all the way to the out and then came all the way back in. And for the first time, humanity had traveled faster than light. And that got people's attention uh, because that's when the Vulcans showed up. So an alien race noticed this was happening and came down and went, hey, it turns out you guys actually are capable of faster than light travel. It means you can leave your solar system. So we kind of need to tell you about what's going on in the universe. Uh, and so they, the, the Vulcans become very, very important to humanity's history. Uh, you might have heard of them. They, uh, they had their probably the famous guy is a fellow named Spock. After that happens, basically humanity comes together. Like they go, oh, there's more than just us. Uh, okay, maybe we should uh, think a little higher. And that's when they start solving their problems. So that this is this is the period that like people now go, could you tell us more about what they did? Because <laughs> we'd really like to get to that period where everyone pulls together into that. Because a hundred years later, that is when Star Trek Enterprise actually takes place. Uh, I should I should say it's also. No, commonly known as Star Trek Enterprise, but when it premiered, it was just Enterprise because they were trying to distance themselves from Star Trek. <laughs> they were trying to get in people who hadn't seen a lot of Star Trek stuff, so they are trying to get in the the casual viewer, you know, to try and expand the numbers. Now, are are, are you gonna are you gonna talk about the 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 big thing about this? 
Should I should I just go ahead and belt it out? No, we're gonna get there. We'll get there. Okay, good. <laughs> I, All right, good. We, 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 right now, we 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 we're, we're bringing them into the boat. I don't want to scare them away quite yet. But very nice, yeah, very nice, and, very nice. And I, and I know that the hardcore Star Trek fans are like, you have to talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. Don't worry. We're gonna talk. Okay. All right. I'm I'm loving this so far. Go. Ahead. I got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. Okay. So a hundred years later, uh, we we decide that now is the time we are going into space, and they create a brand new space going vessel, and of course they call it Enterprise. Uh, the Vulcans are still here, so the Vulcans are are have been hanging around and sort of guiding humanity, like basically telling them sort of was it. But at the same time, they have been you know quote unquote holding humanity back. Like they're basically saying you're not ready, you're not ready, you're not ready. Like like you're not ready. Like there's way worse things out there. You are not ready to to face them. You know emotionally, mentally, societally, you are not ready for what's out there. But then an alien comes crashing down to Earth and starts a whole chain of events that gets them going. And that's the first episode. It's called Broken Bow. Uh, regardless of, of anything else, you need to watch that episode because not only is it a really good episode of Enterprise, it's a really good episode of Star Trek. It's probably with the best pilot episode ever of Star Trek. Mm. I mean, like, there's a lot of the, a lot of the pilots are pretty rough. Uh, and you kind of oh, yeah. go, ooh, they got a long way to go. But Broken Bow is pretty solid. Like, I mean, it's it really sets up all the characters. You get to meet them all. And in terms of that, I'm not going to go into a, a ton of, like, what happens in the show. That's not really what we're, we're at here. I might give you some teases just to get you into it because, obviously, it, it's been this long and you haven't seen it yet. So I, there, there's there's some stuff that... So the show does a really good job of introducing all of these characters. So I'm going to let them do it because they're the professional. But there's two exceptions I'm going to make. And then, and then obviously, Rob, if you want to talk specifically about characters, we can, we can do that too. Uh, but the two I want to mention are Captain Archer. So he's your guy. So, like, you have your, your stalwart Johnny Squarejaw, you know, tough, rough guy on the bridge. Uh, and he's played by Scott Bakula. Now, geeks of our age know him as Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap. Uh, but then the uh, some of the other ones probably know him from NCIS New Orleans. So he's the, the lead of that show, too. He's a... He's a great leading man, as is shown by the fact that he's led three really popular shows. He's great. Uh, I mean, he's a little bit self-righteous, but he's also a captain, and he's the only one in space, and he's by himself, so you kind of have to give him a little bit of, of right. He has a lot of, like, you know, uh, humanity can do these kind of kind of speeches where you're like, all right, take it down a notch. But <laughs> you, he, he sort of eases into the role a little bit, too, because you can tell he's under a lot of pressure at the top. Uh, and the second character I want to mention is T'Pol. So T'Pol is the full-blooded Vulcan science officer that is assigned to the ship. So she is one of only two aliens on the ship. So that's the other thing that's nice about Enterprise is that you don't have to get caught up in a lot of lore and, and sci-fi of the aliens because the all the rest of the ship are all humans. So everyone on it are human beings except for two exceptions, and, and she's one. The other one is the Doctor. He's fantastic, um, but the, I want to talk about her. Uh, she's played by Julian Blaylock, and so in the words of Kelly LeBrock, don't hate her because she's beautiful. So, like I said, this was a weird time for Star Trek. And so one of the things they were trying to do is get in people. And they're like, let's cast the most beautiful woman we can find. So, unfortunately, Jolene Blaylock is an attractive woman. And you're just going to have to deal with it. She's also a really good actress. And she's really good in this character. And she's one of the best characters on this entire show. Her journey is fantastic. It's She's and she playing a Vulcan is really freaking hard, as you can any actor who's played a Vulcan can tell you. To not react is the, completely the opposite of what actors are taught. 
but Trekkies have were really, really terrible to her, and it pisses me off so much. Toxic fandom is not new. Unfortunately, it's right. been around for a long time, and they were horrible to her, so much so that she has been basically chased out of the business. I hope that she has retired happily and is living a good life because she's not working anymore, and it's a shame because we are the ones who suffer for these toxic assholes. I'm gonna put the yeah. I'm gonna put the explicit rating on this one too because <laughs> they deserve that. Um, she's great. So like when you see her though, you're gonna be like, oh wow, because she is she was a model uh, and she is attractive, but. Don't hate her because of that. I, I I beg of you. I think I've said enough about that. Uh, oh, no, I, I agree. Else from, Absolutely. The, from the cast, do you want to single out as, as being people to watch? Well, you know, they... Um yeah, and art you know, the character of Jonathan Archer. I mean, Scott Bakula is perfect because it's this rugged, yeah. chisel jawed. You know, I mean, submarine captain. Yeah. That's literally. I mean, that's what they're going for with this. Um, and I did think that the the rest of the characters. I mean. They definitely, obviously, uh, tried to work in diversity, which was a great thing. Uh, uh, Linda Park plays um, the communications officer, mm -hmm. uh, Hoshi Sato. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you got a couple, I think, is it um, uh, uh, tra uh, Travis uh, Mayweather, yep. uh, played by Anthony Montgomery, is the helmsman, African-American. Um, and then isn't one of the characters, uh, is it Dominic Keating? Who's his accent? I forget what I forget what nationality he is. He's, but, he's from the UK, but I'm not exactly sure if they said where. It definitely what they did. I, I think what's great is they did a great job. Is that again, if you understand, this show is before the original series. Yes, you're seeing that that sort of everyone coming together, like you said. I mean, that's how they're working the problems. Yes, together as as humans. So. I, I thought it was really nice. I love the fact that he has the dog, Captain Archer. That's right. He brings a, his a dog pet. with him. Yeah. It it adds a whole, it definitely is a scruffier, more mechanical science fiction show. And and the cast, I think, works well with this. And it does. I know. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, to Paul, no, you're absolutely right, though. I even remember that. Yeah. It was, yeah. A, it was a big, big... Like, and there's other issues that we'll probably talk about. Yeah, there's other issues that the show was up against. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, there's why there's, the, why those things happen. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into like like I'm not saying Enterprise is the perfect show. <laughs> uh, oh God, no, no. As, as we get through, but like that was that was she was unfairly judged for that. Before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about Star Trek shows in general because Enterprise is one of many, and so like there's a lot of things that are very similar in all the Star Trek ones. So Star Trek is not Game of Thrones. I should just move on from there and just let people think about it. <laughs> no, uh, what I mean by that is there it is not one story continuously told over the course of it. It is, it is like the a multiple year voyage, but it's not proceeds. It's not it, it, like chapter by chapter, like and the character starts here and they end there. It's not like at the end you're going to have uh, this this big change. Star Trek is a procedural. It's actually much more similar yeah. to CSI and Law and & Order and Monk and Psych and all those things. And and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's it's just, it's a different style of storytelling than what we're used to. Like in now in the binge culture, a character will, you know, we, we get one season dropped at once. A character will change over the course of that. Eh, Star Trek characters don't really change that much. Like they do, but it's usually very slowly and it's usually the actors just getting used to the role. So like you'll find by the end of a series and a character is much more like their actor <laughs> than they were at the start. There's the idealized version that the writers thought up before they cast. And then by the time the show ends, it's basically like, 
half what they're writing and then half what the actor is bringing to it with with various exceptions i mean there are some actors who completely transform themselves to be uh that character and they are like that all the way through uh but really don't expect a lot of of uh, big uh hugging and learning and changing over the course of it and then I'm, now i'm going to lean in like, turn up your your volume lean into your your phones or your car radios or whatever it is because i'm about to tell you one of the great secrets of star trek this is one of the things that all trekkies know but no one ever says out loud and i'm going to say it out loud to you oh. this, is, this is this is one of the the great truths of the universe of star trek the first season of every Star Trek show is the worst. <laughs> you all know that, it's true. It's okay, and let's just say there are some series that it's actually the first two seasons, but okay, true. it's fine. They're very true. But yeah. but yeah, the first seasons are are oh, clunkers. They're always they're always the worst yeah. of, of the thing. The Star Trek yeah. shows get better with age, and the longer they go, the better they get. Uh, and this and this they, is an exact exact example of that. You know, and how important that is to understand that because here here's why. You know, so much of today's world, and and for a lot of shows, for a lot of normal network television shows, yeah, they wouldn't, you wouldn't have Star Trek because guess what? They'd be canceled by the end of the first season. Yes, right. Yes, because it's not good. It's right. not great, and it really doesn't get its its legs until like you know the third, second, or third season in a lot of respects. Yeah, and that's something to just talk about the fandom is because yeah, there's a commitment. Yeah, when you do a Star Trek show, there is a commitment to seeing it through yeah and then yeah after a certain while it just you know if it doesn't work out and and enterprise of the five of the well there's been eight live action star trek series so far including right. streaming ones yeah of and, the eight and, and obviously we're doing five episodes so i'm not going to talk about all oh no 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 you're just do. this is this is a great entryway if you're going to talk about this enterprise and notably just spoiler it is the shortest it, it ended yeah. earlier than all the other shows so far of the current so, running ones we don't know right but yeah so it it yes no, we get it, but yeah, watch the first episode. Yes, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously this. And then it gets like, yeah. you, you sample it. Okay, so now now that you're like curious, oh, Enterprise, that's interesting. Like, oh, the, I want to see Tapal. I want to see Archer. I want to see all these things. I want to see the thing. Now I'm going to get into some warnings. Okay, oh, <laughs> so remember how I talked about how weird culture was at this time? Well, and how weird Star Trek was at this time. The executives sort of looked at what was popular and went, "We need to have all this stuff in our Star Trek as well." So you get a lot of, of stuff that like doesn't fit at all with Star Trek that are crammed into these couple episodes. And the big one is unnecessary sex and violence. Like, okay, I'm not gonna kink shame here, but there are there's ways to do this. Like I've watched all of Westworld, I've watched Game of Thrones. Like I get it, it's part of the thing, but the way they do it is so ham-handed and exploitative that it's just icky. Like they, they, like, so when they, one of the, I think it's actually in the first episode, they have to go to a foreign planet. They've never been there before. When they come back, they don't have, you know, any high tech devices in order to make sure they don't have alien microbes. So they have to use a gel. So there's poor Jolene Blaylock, you know, in her first couple of weeks, having to strip down to her underwear with another, with uh, one of the other male cast members and have gel rubbed all over her body. It's Star a little Trek. it's a little bit uh I don't want to say this. Um I'm going to mash some things together. It's a little bit Starship Troopers meets Riverdale. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just like this is. is just here for 
the gifts. I mean, I really, it's, it's yes, just here. Yes. Just people be like, oh, it's, it's gross. And uh, I, I want to prepare you for that because they do a lot of stuff. And DePaul is probably the smartest person on that ship. She's their science right. officer. And because right. she's also the pretty girl, they have her doing all the stuff like, uh, like, oh, uh, we're, we're captured by Andorians. Uh, you can share my, my blanket if you want to snuggle up. It's like, well, just, no, please. Just, yeah, no, it just. Stop. Just don't. Yeah. But so uh, once again, as the show was, that stuff gets worked out of it. But like yeah. at the start of it, they're still trying to be like doing everything they can to try and get new people in. And it's it's it doesn't work at all. And so you, there's a lot of pieces of the show that go flying off as it as it goes along. And, and that that is one of them. Uh, and then <laughs> the big one we have to talk about is the theme so oh. Star Trek is known for its big, broad, sweeping themes. I mean, everybody knows the original Star Trek theme and stuff. We can't use it even here because it's all copyrighted. Um, but there's some some great ones out there. I actually just recently heard a a compilation of someone did all of the themes on a violin. It was gorgeous. It's on YouTube. You should, you should if I can if I figure out how to do show links, I'll put it in the show links. So for this one, because they were trying to be hip and popular, they decided they were going to use a pop song. They said, "Well, what do people like?" Well, how about a Rod Stewart song written by Diane Warren from the Patch Adams soundtrack? Oh Sold. my God! Sung by another guy. Another guy. <laughs> like not, we're not going to buy the Rod Stewart one. We're going to have. We're, it's a cover of a Rod Stewart song from a, Patch- a, a, a a Robin Williams movie that is not really well loved. Diane oh, Warren no. is great. She's won a ton of Grammys and Oscars and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's yeah, but, but this is not her best work, and it's. It's painful. It's uh, do you know why? Do you know why, Kyle? Why is that? Because it's it's been a long road. <laughs> it's been a long to, road uh, to get from there to here. Yeah. <laughs> you got, Bob, you got to have the faith of the heart. Uh, you know, because so, they're not going to hold me down. No. Kyle, they're not going to hold me down. So, so you think like, okay, that's that's just like your opinion, man. True. Um, I can yeah. say there's there's a petition to get it removed at the time, so a lot of the trackers agreed. And uh, if you want a, a, a higher opinion than mine, I would refer to you to uh, the last Scotty that we knew, uh, Simon Pegg, who referred to it in an interview as, quote, probably the most hideous Star Trek moment in history, end quote. You know, it's really... okay. Can we talk about this? Just please let's know, talk about it because, like, no. just basically, when it comes down to it, when the theme starts, when you hear "It's been a long road," just fast forward to the show. Now, oh no, see, no, 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 no. I would say that. Oh, Turn the volume down. Oh, because the okay. because the title tr- graphics are really well. In fact, I would say Discovery's title graphics are inspired more by Enterprise's mm. graphics than any other Star Trek show. Yeah. So actually, it is worth seeing. Yeah, you just, I mean, just turn the volume down a little bit. Now, here's the deal. The song, if it hadn't been used like this, if it hadn't had a weird tale, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's, a, it's an uplifting song. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, a, I mean, it's about, it's about working your way through life and yeah. getting someplace. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. It's a 90s cheese ball no, song. No, it's a, it's a 90s, it's a Rod Stewart song, which right. no offense to Rod Stewart, but I mean, come on, all right? Forever Young, that's all you need, right? Yeah. Or uh, That's it. So anyway, <laughs> here, here's the thing. Yeah. I find what's so peculiar about this is, is that one, I, I love the fact that it's the story of the Enterprise, which, by the way, in case you haven't seen it, there's the there's the shots of this test shuttle, the boats. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really all the ships that have borne the name of Enterprise leading up and, to the current ship. 
And I think Alan Shepard, the first American man in space, is there in it. Like, it's showing you us reaching for the stars. I mean, honestly, it is actually kind of a neat, like, it's a neat montage of stuff. The weirdest thing about this is, can you, do you know, like, was it the third season or the fourth season? They retooled the song. Yeah. And they, like, added drums. They increased the beat. And the and the first time I actually heard that, and I was like, wait, what's, how is this different? It's the same song. And then now you can go online and you can compare the two. It's unbelievable that they spent the time remixing the song. Like, like, that was going to make it better. Like, like, like that what? what? You thought the problem was? Like, the BPM was the problem with the song? What are you doing? Like, no, it's, yeah. It's, anyway. it's, it's pretty terrible. Um, and so, so along with that, fast forwarding through that, uh, I would say the other thing that you have to understand is that you don't have to watch every episode. Now, that goes for every television show, but like especially for Star Trek, there are lots of really good episode guides that people have put together of like the so watching. I highly recommend checking them out. And obviously there are there are a bunch of different ones. So, uh, you know, you have to be like what your, your taste is. There are some terrible terrible episodes of star trek out there and that runs the entire gambit from for 50 what are we at 55 years now um all of the they have some some really 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 bad episodes uh that that do not do not need to be seen so if you're if you're loving enterprise great watch them all but i can tell you it's okay to skip around plus you're a smart person if you get to the end and you realize you want to go back you can go back and and watch the ones that go okay like you are i'm already loving this entire crew so seeing new adventures is kind of a fun thing so if you skip around you kind of have like a lost season that you can then go back. And then one last proviso as you're working your way through. So let's say that that it, you watched it and you're digging it and you're liking it and you've you've picked, you know, 50 episodes, whatever, and you've gone through and you're like, this is really good. Like, I wonder how it wraps up. Well, uh, here's my advice to you. <laughs> Don't watch the last episode. Oh, God. Like, no. there is a two part episode right before it with action and adventure and, and, sure. and thrills and stuff and stuff. And when you get that point, just go, yeah. And then whatever you write in your head canon is going to be better. What, what do you think the, the last episode of Enterprise should be? Just think about that. Because the actual last episode of Enterprise is so reviled by the fans, such a slap in the face to this entire crew that, that it became their last episode that, it, yeah, everyone hates it. Now, okay. So can, can we, we're, we're going to talk about this because again, now, now that, I mean, like when you hear that, you're like, well, I got to see what happens. No, right? you okay. don't. You know? <laughs> well, no, and no. And of course the characters, you don't want to see. That right. Last. So if you follow along, yeah. first of all, could it be fixed? Do we want to talk about exactly what, what's so reviled about it? Like why it's okay, bad spoilers. So yeah, spoilers, to, spoiler spoilers one. thing. So, um, so they, they have their, their sort of finale. And I don't think that they officially knew that this was going to be their last episode. No. I mean, it kind of no, feels like a little bit, but I, I feel like the, if this episode had been placed anywhere else, it would have been fine. But the fact that it yeah. was their finale, some of the finales of, of Star Trek episodes are amazing television. And this is not. And so when you sort of compare it, that's what the problem is. So instead of doing a typical thing, even I think in... In I mean, Voyager's finale, they jump ahead in time and they show like sort of what happened. You know, um, next generation does the same thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a whole other thing, thing right? Other thing. Um, but this one, they instead of doing <laughs> a, a finale of Enterprise, they decided to do an episode of Star Trek: the Next Generation guest starring the cast of Star Trek: Enterprise. <laughs> it's so bizarre and so disrespectful. It's it's about a character from another show 
watching the highlight reel of shows we'll never get to see of Star Trek Enterprise. So yeah, he's, I mean, it's about another character who you won't know because if you're if you're listening to this, guy, you're starting here, right? You're if you're starting here, here, you have no idea who this guy is, and you just see him going in and basically playing back videos of what happened to the Enterprise crew over the course of the next, you know, whatever ten years, or whatever uh, the time span he covers, and then like it's basically like, oh well, he got a good lesson from it, so. Way to go, Enterprise. You inspired so, a random character on another show. Well, that's your and legacy. That turned, and that turned out really important. That character's important <laughs> later on, as we found I'll say out. That character's not important, but the fact that he is the central character in the finale uh, of a show that he's not on. Okay. I'm yeah. Sure. Not now, wait. Okay. So here's, here's, here's a question. Has anyone, and I haven't, I, I, you know, should have, I could have gone a little bit deeper in this. Yeah. Has anyone taken that final episode and just edited it out? Like edit all that stuff out? It's so I don't know. That I'm sure I'm sure there's there's probably a, there's a, the 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 Star Trek fan community is amazing. The stuff that they have put together. I would be, I, I would expect this, but from what I remember from the one time I watched it and I, I don't think there'll be a second viewing. It's a, um, it's a lot of it. Yeah, unless unless I get hired for <laughs> a rewatch of, of, of something. Uh right. that it's so like intermingled in, and like it's not entirely linear so it's like even if you yeah. put it together it would just seem like you're just like jumping tracks on a on a dvd see and, si- and 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 by the way side note let's let's explain this okay like why did they do this well they if you don't know next generation it's next generation characters yeah next generation wildly popular yeah, was the, there was the that most popular of all of the shows they they had some experience though in other star trek shows before this reintegrating different times of Star Trek and using old footage and digitally putting people like they had a little bit of experience. I think they thought in doing this, they thought it would work. It doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah, it did. It didn't work. So those are your provisos. So other than that, I say go forth and, and enjoy enterprise, uh, get into it, see if that's something you want. And that's pretty much the end of, of my, my treatise about things. So that's my recommendation for taking your first steps, but Wait, you say. I have a much more adventurous palate. I like to try new things, unfamiliar dishes, international cuisine. I want something heartier that will stick with me longer. Well then, intrepid eater, I have just the meal for you, and we'll dig into it next time. Oh! (laughs) Well, now I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm like, oh, because, okay, because I, oh, I'm just going to wait and see. This was very, I'm, I'm intrigued now. And I learned something. I totally want to rewatch some parts of Enterprise, especially the first episode. And you have that song right to your head. Well, you know. Because it has been a long road. It's been, I mean, what is it? Heart of the Faith? Faith of the Heart. heart? Yeah, Yeah, whatever. Okay, sure. All right. So thank you all for listening. We're going to be back to talk more Trek. Uh, I appreciate your time and your attention. I'm not going to ask you to do anything, but go out and do something nice for yourself. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the next chapter in the Curiosity Codex, but there are still many pages left to decipher. We're part of the True Story FM family of podcasts. Find out more about us at truestory.fm. Our theme music is Intrusion by Severed Personality, a.k.a. Kevin McLeod. The voice of the Codex is Vicki Hall. Find her on the web at vickihall.squarespace.com. My co-host is Rob Cabosco. Find him with me on the Marvel Movie Minute podcast. And my name is Kyle Olson. The Codex is closed. For now. <laughs>